welcome to the Word on Wednesday podcast for November 11. My name is John Mason. It's great you could join us. The Word on Wednesday is a short midweek ministry to comfort, encourage and strengthen hearts and minds from the Scriptures. Introduced and concluded with music from John Newton's hymn, Amazing Grace, the podcast also includes prayers drawn from the prayer book. You may want to subscribe to this weekly reflection. Today is Veterans Day in the United States, Armistice Day in the United Kingdom, Europe and Australia. Let me begin with a prayer. O Lord, lover of souls, who through the mouth of your prophet of old has declared that all souls are yours. We thank you for the brave and faithful dead who have laid down their lives in war, for the devotion and courage of those who have fallen in the cause of freedom. Grant us so to follow their good examples in faithfulness and endurance, even unto death, that we may be found worthy of the crown of everlasting life, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Saviour. Amen. Catherine Jacob will now bring us a Bible reading. A reading from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. People who are honorable and dependable are sometimes said to be the salt of the earth. The expression comes from Jesus' teaching in his Sermon on the Mount, where he said to his followers, You are the salt of the earth. What does he mean? People in Jesus' day, as we do today, use salt for seasoning food to bring out its flavor. It was also used as a preservative. In the days of no refrigeration, it was rubbed into fresh meat to prevent it from rotting. Jesus is saying that his followers are to act as a preservative, to slow down the world's decay. What does he mean? He has in mind the radical lifestyle that he has just spoken about in his eight Beatitudes. There he sets out those who are truly blessed people who would inherit God's eternal kingdom. He teaches that God blesses everyone who understands their spiritual poverty before God, who weep for their failure to honour God and for a world that turns its back on God. People who, instead of engaging in the power play and deceptions of the world, walk the tougher path of humility and service, truth and peace. Jesus' Beatitudes were radical, awakening us to the depths of our human need. 
Indeed, it was because he knew humanity without God would always tend to spiral away from truth and goodness that he called on his followers to be the salt of the earth. He expects everyone who has turned to him to live in a way that slows down the rot of self-interest and greed, of injustice and the unchecked power play of society elites. Consider this. Back in 2009, Woody Allen produced the movie Whatever Works. It captures the mood of values today. Starting with the presupposition that life now is all there is, we're told that there is no God and no final accounting. Part of life's challenge is to do whatever works to find the fleeting moments of love and joy. The moral subjectivism that pervades the movie seems plausible, realistic and tolerant. There's no guilt, only disappointments along life's way. But how satisfying is this? I often meet people who want what they call the real thing, a loving, satisfying, committed, long-term relationship. They also hope that there will be a day when this world's wrongs are brought to account. Today's world, which says that everyone should be tolerant, makes tolerance the one value that determines all other values. Well, the irony is that we need something to define tolerance, otherwise we won't know whether we are being tolerant or not. And there's something else that today's world ignores. All of us are flawed. We are bent on looking after number one first. When we read the four recognised and reliable accounts of Jesus' public life, we discover that his primary purpose was to address the heart of the human tragedy. In doing this, he was not interested in spiritual band-aids. Rather, he was committed to the major surgery that was required to deal once and for all with humanity's fatal flaw. And that's why he volunteered to die on the cross. For men and women to stand against the dehumanising elements around them, they need good and godly examples, pointing them to Jesus and to the Kingdom of God. But this will only happen when Jesus' followers don't become insipid themselves. And that's why he goes on to warn against salt, losing its saltiness. You are the salt of the earth, he says, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything, except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Strictly speaking, salt can't lose its saltiness. Chemists tell us that NaCl is a stable compound. However, in the ancient world, salt was obtained more from salt marshes and contained many impurities. The actual salt could be leached out, leaving a substance that tasted salty, but in fact was worthless. There's an interesting play on Jesus' words here. Salt, in Aramaic, is tarbol. And there's a word very close to it, tarpol, which means fool. Watch out, Jesus warns, that you don't become insipid, wishy-washy fools. Let me ask, how do people see you? Do you claim to be a believer, but your life remains unchanged? Is your lifestyle directed by the culture or by the Bible? 
Are you just as unforgiving, just as greedy, just as selfish as everyone around you? If you call yourself a follower of mine, Jesus says, let your life be transformed by my words. You are the salt of the earth. And there's something else. In his letter to the Colossians, Paul the Apostle writes, Conduct yourselves wisely towards outsiders, making the most of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer everyone. We are to cultivate conversations that are kind and gracious, but seasoned with salt. Salt here is a metaphor for sparkling conversations that trigger questions about life. Have you considered ways to use news items, opinion columns and films to spark conversations about the God of good news? After all, it's God's gospel alone that truly changes hearts and minds for good. Almighty God, we thank you for the gift of your holy word. May it be a lantern to our feet, a light to our paths and strength to our lives. Take us and use us to love and serve all people in the power of the Holy Spirit and in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Catherine Jacob will now lead us in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Andrew Pearson will now lead us in further prayer. A prayer for all in authority. Almighty God, the fountain of all goodness, we humbly pray you to bless all who hold positions of authority and public office in every land, so that all things, especially in these uncertain times, may be ordered in wisdom, righteousness, and peace, to the honor of your holy name and the good of your church and people, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A prayer for everyone in need. O God, creator and preserver of all people, we humbly pray for all sorts and conditions of men and women that you would be pleased to make your way known to them, your saving power among all nations. We commend to your fatherly goodness all who are in any way afflicted or distressed with any kind of sickness or sorrow, anxiety or need, Lord, we particularly pray for your comfort for those who are grieved by the loss of loved ones at this time. We pray for the ongoing research into a vaccine and cure for COVID-19. We also pray for the many who are out of work. Give wisdom and compassion to leaders, enabling them to facilitate an effective economic recovery and so provide opportunity for work for everyone. Lord, we also pray for those who are in physical, mental, or emotional danger at this time. Father, may it please you to comfort and relieve them according to their needs, giving them patience in their sufferings, and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. 
All this we ask for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. A prayer for peace. God of the nations, whose kingdom rules over all, have mercy on our broken and divided world. Shed abroad your peace in the hearts of all people and banish from them the spirit that makes for conflict so that all races and people may learn to live as members of one family and in obedience to your laws through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, you are always more ready to hear than we are to pray and constantly give more than either we deserve or desire. Pour down on us the abundance of your mercy, forgiving us those things of which our conscience is afraid and giving us those good things for which we are not worthy to ask. Accept through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds and the knowledge and love of God and of His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen. People involved in today's podcast are John Mason, speaker and writer, Andrew Pearson, the Dean and Senior Minister of the Cathedral Church of the Advent, Birmingham, Alabama, Catherine Jacob, a member of the Cathedral Ministry Team, and music is from the Cathedral, under the direction of Dr. Frederick Teardu and Zachary Hicks. Prayers are drawn from an Australian prayer book, 1978, and the Bible readings are from the New Revised Standard Version. Please let us know if you have a question or a comment about this podcast. We'd love to hear from you.